It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Nine fifty nine a.m. and we're here and we're hot. We're early. It might be a first for anything that we've ever attended together as a group. Welcome to any given fun day here on one hundred four five the team and the free one hundred four five the team app. You are joined on a Sunday morning by Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner. All feeling good, responsible fellas. The night before. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. I cannot believe it's 9.59 and I feel like this right now. <laughs> I think it's that oh, careful man. with caffeine, kids. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> you are delusional. <laughs> I feel good. I just, I I don't know where the commercials went. It, it just, 9.57 hit and I was like. Let's just do a commercial free show today. I was like, here we go. <laughs> Cheer. Um. A lot of stuff to talk about today, per usual. Uh, we will discuss, I mean, I got a list here. It is a list. Yeah, we got a great week for sports we were just yeah. talking about. And we had a good week, too. And, ha- and yeah, yeah. And previously had a good week as well. Uh, Kevin Durant last night, just unconscious once again. Hey, that's cool. Look at it. It was on the screen at the same time. The Nets, no Scherzer, DeGrom, Yankees news. April Fool's Day was the other day. The Firewolves, UAlbany, Sienna, Coach K, the tournament, Tiger Woods. Patroons won. Frank Gore. Frank Gore? Yeah. What is, what's he doing now? I think we kick off the show with that. He's retiring. Oh, he is? He's yeah. That's it? Okay. Former Jet, Frank Gore. I think you would probably know him, him more as a 49er, hanging but yes, former Jet. Hanging him up. Did he, did he play for, like, the Colts or something, too, or something weird? I think he played for everybody. Yeah, probably. Frank Gore was a man of the people. He was. Yeah. He was loved everywhere he went. Great running back. I mean, he'll probably go down. I think right now he's probably around top 10. Just with the, I'd say he's top 10. Just, right? Well, you got to go longevity, too. Yeah. and I, Well, yeah, and like I said, his, his accolades speak for themselves. I mean, he's been doing it for, like you just said, I mean, he's been doing it for a really long time and at a pretty high level. Towards the, Even towards the end of his career, he still looked pretty good. Um, he was able to help some teams out and still make some plays, even though he was near, what, 40 years old, which something we talk about for running backs, you don't see very often. We see, you know, guys come in for four or five years. I'm 23 and I can't run anymore. Yeah, I haven't been able to run for four years, so I'm 25. <laughs> there you go, so. <laughs> I, I just was, I was winded jogging out to my car. It was a light jog. It wasn't a sprint. So what does that tell you? Frank Gore is in good shape. That's what it'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, so we have, like I said, a bunch of stuff to talk about. We can cross Frank Gore off the list. Got him, got him good, you know, nice and early today. Got him good, like we just pranked him. Yeah, we got him. Like we're eight-year-olds. So just... What was, what was your favorite, uh, like, is, uh, you know, in our day and age, too, we see it, we're always on social media and stuff. What was your favorite, uh, April Fool's prank that you got pranked by sports-wise? Like, what was that, what was that post that got you? Or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think it would have probably had to be um, either Pedro. <laughs> they, I'm pretty sure the Red Sox did something a couple of years ago that, like, Pedroia was getting traded. 
like in his like it was in his prime. Yeah, it was him, and they said they were sending him and Ortiz for like prospects, and I was like, excuse me, and they came back and they said April Fools. What about this year? Anything? Uh, this year was um, I didn't really see much. No. The only thing I saw was uh was back nine Bryce thing. Ray, I got to ask you something. What? <laughs> Did you know that Julian Edelman really isn't going back to the Buccaneers? Oh, he's not? <laughs> oh, why? Did you set me up for this? Is that what this is? Yo, go to the post right now. What? Go look oh, at it. Oh, shit. We're in shambles early this morning, folks. I want you to go to the post, and I want you to look at the fine print in the right-hand corner. I probably didn't read it. <laughs> I probably didn't read it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just got Ray Osterhout so bad that he thought Julian Oh, my God. No, bro, the dude, that was a, dude, there was other people who posted it. There was other people who posted it. I know. Okay, I'm, I'm just defending my case here, Okay. Actually, you know who it was now that I think about it? Julian Edelman. <laughs> it was Julian Edelman. It was that exact picture. <laughs> oh, you're a special guy. <laughs> Dude, like I said, MLB came out this weekend. Okay, I've been locked in. I've probably looked at Instagram two times in the last, Man, I don't even know how many that hours. That makes me smile. But yeah, I didn't know. That um, makes me smile. I didn't know you were setting me up there. So that was your favorite one? Uh, now it is because I'm clearly an idiot and that went right over my head. The Buffalo Bills the other I was day. I excited about that, too. <laughs> you wanted to have a whole conversation about it. Not, no, not really. I'm just <laughs> excited about it, to be honest with you. The Buffalo Bills put out a, put out a tweet the other day, a post, uh, about their new jerseys this year. The well, Bills? Yeah, the Bills. They're, they were making new jerseys are you this still year. Going on, are you, uh, now I'm going to be worried the whole show that you're just tricking me into believing stuff now. And um, so what they did was it was like their uh, their statement jerseys, and they were uh, they were buffalo they were wings because you know buffalo's big for their wings, so they made these jerseys with the concept of having wings. Right, look them up. I, I got I got them right here. What do you think of them? You like them? I kind of yeah. I kind of mess with the helmet. <laughs> It's an April Fool's joke too, but I know obviously, but like <laughs> this right. would actually be a cool concept. But no, no, I, I was I was sold on that one for a minute. It looks like the Mean Machine. Yeah, the color, like the color scheme of it. I just don't you just love when sports teams do that. Yeah, you. Well, like I, I think to be honest with you, I think we need to start going out of the box more with these jerseys because I feel like old time jerseys are the best jerseys, right? And now we're fine. I mean, we're starting to come out with the City Connects, and and these have started to look good. You sent me that Nationals one. Those that was cool. Really, those that are was really cool. dope. That was cool. I personally love the Red Sox thing, uh, contributing with the, what, with the, like the Boston Marathon and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. The Miami one, I, I really like. The only one I really don't like of the Connect jerseys is probably the Giants. I think they could have done a lot more with like the with the Brit with the bridge and everything like that. And right, right. Um, San Francisco is a lot more than just a, a gradient fog. So, <laughs> which is what they based it off of. That was that was probably my favorite one because like I work with a guy, the Giants. Uh, no, 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 no. The oh. the Bills, the Bills thing. Oh yeah, I work with a guy who's like a huge Buffalo fan, and and I like ran over to him. I was like, "Yo, Rich, check this one out, dude." I'm like, "Yo, your team's got new jerseys," and he's like, "No way, dude. Let me see." So I like showed him. He's like, "Yo, those are sick." 
<laughs> like he was all hyped up. Joey's a big. I didn't know Joey was a big April Fool's guy. Oh, love it. Big jokes are over here. I don't remember love the last it. time. You want to hear? Um, I don't know if you want to, but it's a quick story about an April Fool's joke we pulled on my dad when I was like. Is it a good story? I think it's a pretty good story. All right, yeah. Okay, Let's do it. so um, I was probably oh I don't know seven or eight years old. Oh I don't know. Probably around there, to be honest with you. And my sisters had the idea to basically stuff like a scarecrow or like put like pillows together. And I lived like I used to live in a two story house. I think I've heard this before. You probably have. I think I've told it before. On this. No. On the podcast. Have I? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. Not on the radio. Oh, yeah. You just said, okay. Um, But so basically they stuffed pillows and we put like my shirt and like my shorts over it. And we were... <laughs> And we were hanging it out the window and my sisters had it by like a rope from the second floor. And they're like, um, they're like mom and dad, look what, look what we're doing with Raymond. And they're pretending to, be to hang me out of the two story house, just outside, just, <laughs> and I, and they had me go downstairs on the bottom floor and I'm screaming, mom, dad, help. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. My dad was ready to, uh, he was not in a good mood that day. Also, my dad did fake a heart attack in the car when I was like 10 with all on our April entire, Fools? while he was driving on April Fool's Day. Yeah. While he was driving. Wow. That's when I remember too. That's something. Yeah. Or just like he just, <laughs> my mom, I'm sure like we all started freaking out to be, I mean, he was driving. Right. Like, <laughs> wow. So that was nice. That's our, that's our family, uh, history of April Fool's Day. I'm trying to think of some good ones that I've had. Um, I've told, uh, I remember when I was a kid, like I told one of my buddies that like I was moving to North Carolina for like a week and a half and he just, he was just sold on. He was like, no way. Like, no way. Like, way, dude. Like, I'm out of here. He's like, dude, there's no way. I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> like, yo. Like to the point where like I, t I told people in school and I told my teachers and I was just, ha I was like 12, just having a grand old time with it. I don't think I've ever really pulled like personally. I don't, I don't know. I've just never been into it. I feel like a lot of people like they, they know. Because April Fool's jokes is just, it's hard to pull off. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're very difficult. Um, but that's April Fool's. I just, I have a good old time with that every year. Like, it's just, it's a day where, like, you And you got me this year. I got you really bad. Yeah, like I said, I was not paying attention at all. I was just I didn't even of... get you. Julian Edelman got you, and I just reshared it. <laughs> um, I was just watching, while we were having that conversation, I was watching the highlights of the, uh, the Nets and the, the Hawks game last night. I want to have a discussion in the next next segment of Kevin Durant. And so, uh, there was a very surprising stat that that came about when I when I was going through the stats of the game. Just one that I was like, wow, I wouldn't have thought that. So let's take a break. Nice early break here. We came in early. Take an early break here. When we come back, Kevin Durant discussion. Brooklyn Nets discussion, maybe a little Trey Young in there, but we got to break this down. I'm, I'm very surprised by this stat. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. 
you've been hiding out lately, honey. Welcome back to any given fun day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on a Sunday fun day. Just so cringy. It is. Why do you keep saying it? You do it so, your... It's so cliche. I know. You don't have to say it. It's just it, people would people would come at us more if we didn't say it. Uh, to watch the Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks play. And the game had a lot of meaning to it, right? I mean, it, there was whatever team, I believe, and you can quote me on this, I'm pretty sure, but uh, whatever team didn't win last night is guaranteed to play in the playing tournament. So I'm now 99.9% sure that the Nets have to play in the playing tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they got pretty serious. Yeah, because they're the, they're the 10 seed now. Yep. And... Well, I guess Cleveland and so I guess four through seven. I'm sorry, four through eight is not solidified yet. Those can all still technically change. Yeah. Um, whether it's I doubt the Sixers are going to drop all the way to seven. No, but because there's only what five five ish games remaining, I would say on the schedule. Yeah, something like that. Not a lot. Yeah. So big implications on the game, right? So I I, I was like, you know what, this is a good game to bet because you're going to see a lot of Trey Young, a lot of Kevin Durant, a lot of Kyrie Irving. Like, the stars are going to be out. So I put in a bet, whatever. But that's not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation was Kevin Durant. And that is, he is a bad man, right? I, you know, it's, you know, he, he, somebody's good at basketball. Or he, they catch your, uh, they catch your eye or they're entertaining to you when you have to, like, call your friends and you're like, yo, you got to turn this on. Yeah, like, I called you last night and I was like, yo, you got to do this. And I called Kobe and I was like, yo, Kevin Durant is on a tear. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. This is craziness. Um, that's when you know it's that somebody is just tearing it up. I really think like when you when you watch the Nets, he's just one of those guys. And like Kyrie has those moments too. And there's other players in the NBA. But for some reason, when Kevin Durant does it, I just feel like it's the most dominant. And it is so effortless. All right, so it really is. Every time he shoots the ball, you're just like, okay, that's going in. Yep, that's going in. And here's the stat too, right? Here's the one that really just got me. KD last night. In a loss to the Hawks, went for fifty-five points. That's his career high. Would you really? Be- would, would you believe that for a second? No, not at all. That's kind of crazy that he's never dropped sixty. Now, now the way that I had to, you know, I had to draw like a, not a, you know what I mean? Like I had to think about it after, and I was, I was like, you know what, Kevin Durant just he gets to fifty so many times, but he just like doesn't care to go past it. You know what I mean? Well, and, and look at the, I'm looking at the box score too. KD was 19 of 28. Yeah. Why did he not have the more shots? Kyrie was 12 of 32. Yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie was not very good last night for the first half of the game. So, I mean, obviously he ended up with 31 points, but, and then you also look at the rest of the team and they had what? 17, 20, 24. What, did, pa- of- what did Patty Mills shoot last night? 0 for 7. Bad. 0 for 5 from 3. Bad. They, the rest of their, or their, everybody else, not even just the bench, the rest of their entire team, besides Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, scored 29 points out of their 115. Yep. That is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, usually, I'll say this, usually the Nets aren't that bad. The surrounding cast isn't that bad around them. But when you have Kevin Durant on a night like this, Patty Mills, 0 for 7. 
Kyrie Irving, 12 of 32. 12 of 32. Who is this? Who? Cam Thomas, one of seven. Why is Cam Thomas throwing up seven shots in the game when Kevin Durant is on absolute fire? I mean, obviously, I know he's got to come out at some point, but I don't know, man. I feel like the reason that Kevin Durant never has really had that big game that we look at like uh, like Devin Booker or someone like, like someone along those lines, I don't really ever see him shoot inefficiently. And when he even when he does, he's not really taking over 30 shots. Kevin, yeah, I mean, he, Kevin doesn't, Durant. he doesn't have those games where, where like Kyrie has, throws up 32. I feel like that's a normal thing. Like you, I think, I think we can come to, to agree that Kevin Durant is the most dominant scorer in basketball, right? Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. I don't think I'm, I'm reaching on that. No. But like, it's funny that the guy who's the most dominant scorer, right? Who we expect 30 a night from has never surpassed 55 points. Right, that was his career. And, maybe, and you could even argue probably, you could argue him up there with greatest scores of all time. Yeah. Like, it's not uh, even just absolutely. right now. Absolutely. It's all time. Like, he can get his whenever he wants. And, you know, I just thought it was funny because we sit, like, I've watched, I'm, I'm not, and, and this is live, not like on Sports Center or anything. Like, live, I've probably watched six or seven Nets games from start to finish this year. I've watched Kevin Durant surpass 45 points in four of those. <laughs> like, you would think, right? You would think by me saying that, you're like, all right, maybe he's, you know, he had a 60-bagger in there. He had, you know, 46, a 50, 55. He just sits in that, that he gets over 50, and then he's just like, okay, like, I'm good. I'm, he's content with his life. Like, he's good. He's good. But he gets to 50. Like, I've seen more Kevin Durant 20-point quarters this year than I have watching LeBron live in all those playoff games and everything. Well, you know what the problem is, I feel like, too? Think about the games that we've watched, like even just the ones that we're talking about right now with the Hawks last night, with what he did when they put, when we went to the Celtics game, right? The, the games I'm thinking off off the top of my head. Kevin Durant. How many do you have when we went? Uh, 30, yeah, right, 37? Yeah, somewhere around there. So, I mean, even like that, both of those games... They end up losing. That that's the biggest thing for me is even what like think about when Steph Curry had like fifty at the Garden or sixty at the Garden. What was the score of that game? They won by like thirty something, didn't they? So it's like Steph can just go out there and just start chucking. Like Kevin Durant can't just come down the floor and throw up basketballs because the game is still tight and they're still fighting. Like this is a playoff spot. You know, I mean, this is this is like you just said they were fighting for the play and now they got to do. They're the ten seed right now. I just uh, if this I'm was the regular NBA, to, they wouldn't even the Lakers and the Nets wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now. No, I'm just I'm trying to just like come to grips with the fact that Kevin Durant and this isn't just this year or last year or when he was with the Warriors. Like Kevin Durant has been the most dominant scorer in basketball for like ten years. But this, that's what I mean. I feel like every time that he actually does put up these numbers, it's in tight games. It's when they need, when the team needs him to. It's not just like oh we're going out like against empty. Uh, empty. Like, we're not going out against the Kings tonight, and I'm just going to drop 80. Hey, don't you talk about the Kings like that. Okay, I was just giving an example. Come on. <laughs> but you know what? You get what I mean, right? It's these games, have, these games have meaning to them, and Kevin Durant is showing up in these moments. It's just the fact that his t- the rest of his team isn't because he's still trying to make it a team game and just, get other people it's involved. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they're not doing it for him. I know. And, and you can see it, too, right? Like, this Nets team, when it comes playoff time, it is going to be the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, forty minutes a game show. Yeah, I just think that like KD is the most 
Like we we can talk about his, his mantra outside on Twitter, whatever the yeah, case may be. He's a good teammate. He's a good teammate. And I really think that he tries to like when when they traded away Harden, it was kind of like, whatever. I, I trust these guys. I think we can win with this team. Like that's that's the type of mentality you want from the like one of the best players in the league on your team is like you need to give Patty Mills and and like if Blake Griffin gets minutes and Drummond and like all these other guys, they need that kind of confidence to go out there and be like, okay, KD, trust me to shoot this ball instead he does, of thinking he like, does. yeah. And I get that's why they're taking those shots last night. But I feel like on a night where, like, we're not talking about when it comes to playoff time, I want to see the ball in KD's hands every single possession in the final three minutes of the game or Kyrie. We did depending though. on whoever the height or whoever the um the hot hand is in that game. It's just funny, like Kevin Durant right now. Just to piggyback off what you're saying, like he wants. He's trying to give these guys the confidence so when it comes playoff time, they can make these shots. Like he's yeah. he's dealing the, like he's dishing some shots that he could take. Like he could take that contested shot and he could probably make it. Right? But when that double comes, but when that double comes, he's gonna he wants to be the guy that gives it off to the open guy in the corner, and he wants to have the trust in Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, yeah. James Johnson, you know, all these guys to to nail those shots, right? Corn Drogic. Yeah, Goran Dragic, one of your favorites. <laughs> but, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just funny because, like, KD last night went absolutely – right, if if you could – when I called you, I was – it was like I was watching Cirque du Freak, right? Cirque du Soleil? Whatever. I don't know. Is Cirque du Freak a thing? Yeah. It's a book? But oh. it was – Kevin Durant, so he had scored, like, four, three straight threes – he went down, double teamed, about four feet past half court. Just had one, up. had one leg up, <laughs> shot at one leg with two guys on, him, nailed it. And everybody's just like, we expect this. And then, but oh then, but then, gosh. right at the blink of a finger, turns off. Just like, all right, I'm good. All right, Kyrie, go get yours. James then, Johnson, you get this shot. Patty. <laughs> I, I just I I couldn't I couldn't fathom that when they said it after because I had watched like seriously <laughs> well, that that was my third time this year watching Kevin Durant go over fifty points. I, think, I, I think about you not. It, this is maybe what I think Katie is thinking in this situation. Right, we have a tight game. Okay, we're in the playoffs, right? The, the, like this game only. I mean, we're most likely going to be in the play, and unless something miraculous happens, we win. We get a five game win streak or whatever the case may be. So I think he's kind of just like you know what. I've been doing my thing all night. Everyone else needs to prove something to me. And I can go back to this game and be like, hey, yo, when we were playing the Hawks like two weeks ago and I had 50 and I was still giving you all the ball? Like, nah, that ain't happening tonight. Like, in, you know, in those final minutes, the final moments, he's going to be like, I, I I need the ball. Like, I, and I think he was just trying to give a shot to this to his team. Yeah, yeah it's what to he was even doing. be able to to show him that, you know, he, he should have that confidence. But I think um, I think it's... It's well in the realm of reality that we go to a Brooklyn Nets playoff game. I think that would be pretty fun. I'd be up. Watching Kevin Dur- I mean, you saw what he was able to do last year, right? When he almost willed that that team that had Harden hobbling around on one leg. Kyrie wasn't playing. And it was literally the Kevin Durant show. And he was hurt, too. Yeah. He was half hurt. And he and he willed his way to victory. He was a, he was a, a toe away from They got to make it out of the play-in from first. Beating him. Come on. Come on. There's lost to a team that could possibly be like they could possibly play, but Ben Simmons is going to be back though. Is that a hundred percent? They're they're saying he'll be he should be back. Uh, he, he's ramping up his workouts. For the I'm playoffs. not until I hear a hundred percent. I don't believe it, dude. I just same I, thing as when Tom Brady retired. Playing playing. I think I think the Nets are fine. 
Now give so me a wait, seven game series against the against the top East contender. Maybe we're talking about a different story, but right. Play in, I think well, also, <laughs> if I'm the Heat or Milwaukee, I'm nervous. If I'm the I'm, Heat, I'm especially nervous. I'm playing the, like I'm playing K. I got to play KD round one. Yeah, That's like, I don't get I don't get to warm up against like uh, I don't know. I don't even know who else. I mean, I mean, let me, don't get me wrong. The East is, is is has been good this year, but like, would you rather play Charlotte or would you rather play Brooklyn? And we were saying it's a seven eight, right? And then eight and nine. Is that how is that how the plan goes? It's not seven ten, eight and nine? It's yeah, it's seven no, it's seven eight and then eight and nine. What no, no, nine and ten. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, <laughs> saying, and ten. It's saying eight twice. They're playing two they're playing a doubleheader. Look at you. They're flying <laughs> sorry, I probably confused you. Look at you. Um and then the winner of those two games get the seven and eight seed. And right. then they so play you, each other so for the higher seed. Out. Yeah, they battle out, and then whoever, you know, and then it's 2 7, 1 8. Do we have time for a little more convo, or we, we need to go to break? Well, we got to go to break here, right. but I mean, when we come back, we can talk more. Right. No, I just, wanted, I just want to talk about our thoughts on the playing game. We have enough to get through, though, today. Well, we'll get to We'll talk playing game as the playing game. That's we'll, what I mean. We'll talk playing game, playing That's game. That's why I, f- you know what I mean. <laughs> That's why I figured. All right. When we come back, there's a couple pitchers. For a New York baseball team, not named the New York Yankees, that are dealing with some problems. Let's discuss those problems and talk about the ugly future for this team. It is Any Given Fun Day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 Team app. Follow us on our, all our social medias at Given Fun Day. Wow, what a song. Great song. I was, uh, I was on TikTok last night. And there's those DJs that like play. They're like oh, songs that remind you of 2016 or whatever, right? Oh like, yeah, like you're old or something like that. Yeah. If uh, if you can, if and you like know all one these songs, through ten, like how well do you know the year? Yeah, or whatever. And it starts off really easy and it gets harder as it goes along. Yeah, and this was one of the songs, and I was like, 21 Pilots, pretty cool. They're pretty cool. They've given us back a couple times, haven't they? Yeah. Or am yeah. I thinking of my train? stepbrother's a big 21 Pilots guy? Really? Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I just thought it was a good song. Played it in the shower a couple times this morning. Was feeling good. Good song. How long were you in the shower? What? A couple times. How long were you in the shower? I like to enjoy my showers. You know? No comment. I just, no, I just like this. I just, it feels good having hot water hit no, you. No, yeah, 100%. I, I'm, I'm the same way, though. I, just, I do take I do take long showers that with, like, burning hot water. Yeah, it's good. And then I, I get out. Great. And then I get out, and I'm itchy and you the look entire like, and day. And you look like Larry the Lobster. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, that's probably one of the worst feelings in the world is getting out of the shower and being itchy the rest of the day. I I can't relate to that. Dude, I, you've never had, I mean, I guess maybe I just have, um, maybe a, I have sensitive skin. Sounds like a you problem. I have sensitive, <laughs> if, the, if I put, like, hot water on my body for a significant amount kidding, of time. Kidding, kidding. Is the only time. All right, so the New York Mets is who I want to talk about here. Yes. 
And Mets fans are probably just sitting there punching air, angry as all can be. But are we surprised? Is this a shock? I feel like at this point, if you're a Met, like if you are a Mets fan, you have to you just have to be on the track of think disappointment, hope for the best. Like, like if if I was a Mets fan, that's where I would be at because we've had disappointments, whether it's the start, the middle, or the end of the year. And I feel like that this these like the news that has come out in just the past couple of days, it's like the ground falls, Scherzer falls. Now what? I feel like it's funny too because. The, this was the Yankees for like three or four years. Like this was the Yankees, right? Like yeah. this has get, been the Mets for like they get hurt six, maybe right. more. Right, but I don't. I don't know if to this extent. Like this is this is like bad. This is two. I mean, the two best pitchers in baseball, arguably. I I I don't know if I could. I mean, I I guess you could go arguably, but like, but they're, who's they're, really better than them? I mean, you, you could throw Cole against Scherzer. I would. Say. I would say. I would say Otani. I don't know. That's tough, right? Like Scherzer's been a dominant pitcher for a very whatever, long time. Whatever. Yeah, Jacob Degrom is our, is is the number one pitcher in the game right now. Yeah, and now he's subject, subjected to miss significant time. Is all we get. We don't get a timetable yet. We don't know anything about it. And then it comes out. We're you know what five day four days away from opening day. You're like okay, Mets fans. Are like all right, guess what? Don't worry, guys. Degrom's out. We got Scherzer. We'll be all right. Degrom will come back. We still got four man good rotation. We got the best. We got the best rotation in the MLB. News comes out. Scherzer's day-to-day now. New York Mets ace Jacob deGrom will miss his opening day start after an MRI revealed he has a stress reaction in his right scapula. According to the club, while there is no timetable on deGrom's return, he's expected to be shut down from throwing for four weeks before being only reassessed. Factoring in that he would require time to stretch back out, an optimistic estimate would likely have him returning sometime around the beginning of June. Okay. I can beginning get Beginning of that. June? I can get I I can get with that. Happens. Now, here is your <laughs> here is your New York Mets current rotation depth chart. Number one is your right handed pitcher, Jacob deGrom. Stress fracture in his scapula. Number two is Max Scherzer. Grandpa Max, thirty seven years old. Number three is Chris Bassett, good pitcher. Number four is Taiwan Walker with a 6.79 ERA in the second half last year. Number five is Carlos Carrasco, who who had last year a 6.04 ERA in 12 starts around injuries. So on paper, Ray, best rotation in baseball. Five righties, and you can, I don't know. I don't think that's, that's I don't think that's as, uh. I feel like that doesn't really make matter anymore. You can you can argue the righty lefty splits, but um, pitchers now. I mean, you like a good you like a good lefty in your rotation. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think it's it's important to have, but I don't think it's detrimental to no, not have. No. You know what I mean? They have they have a decent amount of lefties that they picked up, and they have in the bullpen as well to to counterbalance that. You know, we're we're saying maybe forty starts now from Degrom and Scherzer, right? Well, maybe. I know. Well, Scherzer, um, yeah, Scherzer is day to day. And I'm talking combined. So I no, I know you are, but think about that. You're missing him in April and May. We're only going to see 20 starts each from those guys. I think that's my take. I, of the, I know you're only take of the day. I know you're only probably missing maybe 50 games. You know, at the most probably if you're if you're Degrom. But this was finally the season where you guys were going to come out the gates hot, and you guys were going to start off well. So I think this is a lot of pressure. Um, you know, Chris Bassett. I, I will say this. 
this pickup now is looking a lot of, is looking even better. I mean, this guy was an all-star pitcher last year. Um, I think he's a very underrated pitcher in general throughout the league, and I think he's going to come out and he's going to he's going to be fine. Uh, I'm not worried about him. Um, Walker is a guy that we've looked at for the, for like the past. I like him though. I like him. Don't get me wrong. He, he's got a he's got a really good splitter. He's got a good two seam. Um, he knows how to work hitters in the count. Knows how to change speeds very well. And then Carrasco is just a veteran. He's a guy that you want out there. I don't care if he's giving up six runs a game. Carrasco the, would be the number two on the Yankees. Right. Exactly. So it's like. If you're giving, even if you're thinking about it, you get ERA six. I know six is bad. Obviously, you want to sit, stay around three, four is you know four, four the four lesser starters yeah, in the league. You know, the, usually the four or five starters in the league. Um, I want to say that to be honest with you, Carrasco, he's a veteran. He can get it done. This offense that the Mets have is very very good. And if you're telling me that this offense can't put up six runs a game, I have a problem with it. There's because, no way because because the Mets have some, so, that's something that they've struggled with over the past couple of seasons. Let's let's get the injuries out of the way. You got to think about their lineup and their their runs per game. They bring in Francisco Lindor last year. He has a he has a down year. You have a bunch of guys that you know. And Pete Alonso, um, JD Davis, even last year struggled. Dom Smith is a young prospect who that they thought was going to flourish. He didn't have that great of a season last year. Michael Conforto. Like, all these guys had down years last year, and I think that this is the year you really have to step up. And you look at this lineup with Mark Cano now, Eduardo Escobar, and you look for Francisco Lindor to have a turnaround year, especially with Starlin Marte and how many different ways that you can put this team on the field. There, there's a lot of um, a lot of moving pieces, and there's a lot of ways that they can make it work. So let's just hope that they figure it out quick. Two things here. One is a statement. Two is an open-ended question. Number one is... Is it a hot take from me to say that if Jacob DeGrom is healthy the last four years, he'd have four straight Cy Youngs? No. Because he, he won them back-to-back in 2018 and 2019, right? right? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, if he won it in 2018, won it in 2019, Cope, fact-check me on that. I don't, it may be 17-18 or maybe 18-19. All right. But if he was healthy all those years, right? healthy in 2020, healthy in 2021. Could we be talking about a guy potentially who had, who could be going for his fifth straight Cy Young? Was I right? 18, 19. So if he was healthy in 2020, if he was healthy in 2021, right? If it was a full season in 2020. Even if, even if it's still, I mean, the shortened season. I mean, right. Are we, are we talking about a guy right now? If, if everything worked out the way it was supposed to and injuries didn't happen to him, could we be talking about a guy right now that's going for his fifth straight Cy Young in a row? 100%. 100%, 100% and the, and the reason right? that I say that is because you think about Jacob DeGrom coming off of injuries, and you think about other pitchers who've come back from injuries, and it's kind of like you don't know what to expect from him. I mean, this guy comes out and throws 102 his first pitch out there. It doesn't matter what the injury was, whether it was his arm, elbow, knee. You know what I mean? Like, he comes out and he just looks 100. He, yeah, he comes out and he looks like nothing's changed. It looks like he's gotten better since the last time we seen him. And it's like, is this guy just taking a vacation? To have some fun with his family or something like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like this guy is, you know, one of the best pitchers that I've seen since I would say I've been watching baseball to completely, to be completely honest with you. He is, um, he's a different breed, man. I mean, this remi- he reminds me a lot of when I would say Clayton Kershaw was like his prime um, of pitching. Like when he was going through his dominant years with the Dodgers and they were, they really weren't a world series contender team, but Clayton Kershaw was doing his thing. Before he got to the postseason, and I think that's one thing that that's one thing that I need to see from Jacob Degrom, right? That's the same thing I need to see from Mike Trout. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but I want to see 
what Jacob deGrom is like in the playoffs. Like, we haven't been able to see that. And that, to Not me, really, is, nope. it hurts. Like, it, I want to see Trout in the playoffs. I want to see Acuna. In the, I want to see guys like that. I want to see exciting players. And, and obviously, we've had, like, um, you know, Rosarania for the Rays and Wander Franco and a lot of other guys step up to the plate, but when you're looking at the biggest names in baseball and they're not there on the main stage, even for the first round, I know we got to expand a playoff this year, so maybe we'll see a little bit more of it, but um, I just need to see Jacob DeGrom in a, in a postseason uh, settlement. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Postseason settlement. I did not mean settlement. I meant... Um, Setting? <laughs> there you go. There you go. You I think get, I had too much of your bang. You want a postseason settlement? Yeah, I think I had too much of your bang on the break. Um, all right, so that was part one. <laughs> part two... Let's play a game of we'll go over and under, all right, how many starts we predict from, from DeGrom this year. No, Just we'll DeGrom? This, and then we'll do the same thing with Scherz. All right. So I'll give you first we'll start we'll start the we'll set the bar real low. Ten. Over or under ten we're starts. Just talk, for DeGrom we're just talking DeGrom? Yeah. Um I'm gonna say over. Fifteen. Over. Twenty. I'll say under. Under I, twenty. I think he's probably around eighteen. Especially because if this team, like we just talked about, if this team is set up to go to the playoffs, they're going to play around this, right? If they need DeGrom in the final set of the season, because like we talked about, that at least ain't going to be fun without Jacob DeGrom there. I'll tell you that much. And especially with, you know, Scherzer, especially if he has lingering injuries throughout the season or whatever the case may be, that at least is uh, is going to be a problem this year. All right. So we'll go 18. I'll go... I'll say we see him more than 20 times this year. I'll go 22. Or 22 starts from the ground this year. Yeah, like I said, I think it, I think it just depends on if they, need him, if they yeah. need him at the back half of the season or they're rushing to get him back because the Mets are in a hole or something like that. You know what I mean? Which is probably going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to think they'll that be way. They'll be, yeah, they'll but be it's leaning to towards together. that way again for the Mets this year, and I really just want to see them succeed, to be honest with you. All right, Max Scherzer, 37 years old. What do we think for Max? Over 10. Over 15. Yep. Over 20. Yep. 25. Yep. 30. No. Okay. I, th- I think this guy is, I mean. 37 years old. I know he is. And I think he'll pitch till he's 45 if he wants to. Like, he, this guy's going to be the next Jamie Moyer <laughs> with a lot more successful career, obviously. <laughs> but, like, he's going to go out there and pitch until, like, he's given up nukes every pitch. You know what I mean? I feel like he just has that in him. I hear him pitching in spring training. Sounds like he's tearing a limb every time with the amount of uh, grunting. Yeah, the amount of grunting this guy's throwing out on the mound. Yeah. Sounds like he, he's tearing something every other pitch, and he's still out there throwing. So um, I'm not worried about the day to day. I think it'll be you know maybe a week or two. And I just think Max Scherzer is one of the most like like you think about a grinder player, and, and Max Scherzer is the player that comes to my mind 100 yeah. percent of the time. Right. So I think no matter what, he's gonna find a way to get those 20 to 30 starts this year. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'll go. I'll go somewhere in the twenty-two range again for sure. I don't know if we'll see. I think we're going to see these guys when it matters. I think that's what it comes down to. I think we'll see. I think the Mets do enough this year to make the playoffs, and then I think when the playoffs come, we're going to see Scherzer. We're going to see Degrom, but we're not going to see a lot of them in the regular season. So I'm going to set the bar low for the regular season to know that they'll be back for for the postseason. What do you think? Yeah, no, I can fair. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, like I said, I I think that this is a big moment for Taiwan Walker, Carrasco to get their feet under them. You know, it, it maybe puts them against some tougher pitching matchups also at the start of the season as well. If Scherzer and DeGrom miss time, instead of going against, you know, the four or five stars to start off the season, you go against the number two and three starters 
um, which I think will be good for them. It will give them more competition, may, might make them better, might make them uh, pitch a little bit different, maybe play up to above expectations. But I think without both of those guys having to wait those five days, you're going to be now that you're, you're going to need to step up for this team. And this is a big year for the Mets. It's a big year that I think it's make or break. Like if some of these guys just don't work out, they're going to get rid of them. And, oh, and sure. this is a year that the Mets really believe that they have a chance of winning the World Series. I agree. Uh, when we come back, let's discuss what's that thing? It's uh, March Madness. Oh yeah, I forgot that happened. What's, what's those? What's that one rivalry? It was like Duke, Duke and Unk. Um, Unk? No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Rice University. I Rice. Yeah, yeah. Right there it was Duke yeah. and Rice. That's a good one. Uh, when we come back, Duke, UNC, Kansas, Villanova, the Final Four, March Madness, National Championship, retirement, all that good stuff. When we come back, it's any given fun day. Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. What, what, what year was this one? If you if we put this one on a TikTok, oh, this is like 2009, 2008. Kiss me to the phone. Uh, I'd say seven. 2007. I think so. To be honest with you, I don't know. I'm gonna look it yeah, up. I don't right know. Now. It's a good song. And you know what the funny thing is too? I still I have this in my um, download in Apple. That's yeah, a good song. 100. Welcome back to any given fun day here on 104.5 The Team in the free 104.5 The Team app. It's Sunday. I'm not going any further. <laughs> and it is ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. So last night was the big night, right? There wasn't much going on in, in the in the world of sports besides that. Only a small NBA slate. Um, no women's college basketball, uh, but there was men's college basketball last night. Two games. And I would say, right, for the most part, they went the way that people expected them to go. Right? Um, I would say game one, yes. I would say game two. I mean, then again, I heard a lot of people thinking that UNC had this game and they were... The better team. They were the better team going into it. Duke hadn't really looked that completely dominant. Um, and to me, like I said, can't, this is this was Kansas's tournament to lose, to be completely honest with you, you know? Um, and they, they proved that. They had a pretty dominating win. They controlled most of the game. The game was never really close. And then UNC Duke lived up to the hype, right? Lived up to the expectation of Duke-UNC, one of the greatest college rivalries, if not the greatest college rivalry, at least in NCAA basketball purposes. Um so I was happy with the games yesterday. Obviously, I think I, I wish that Kansas had a better, better team. Coach K first and ever first loss ever and last loss ever, both against UNC, both against North that's Carolina. That's a punch in the teeth, right? That is just, I mean, like I said, if that's, I was him, that's sports. I'm coming back next year, bro. No way. I have to. I can't start and end. That's going to be an asterisk that people talk about. Good. The rest of your career. Good. That's, that's not, cool, though. I don't. If Dude, you're him, if you if if. If you're Coach K, right, is there any other way you would want to end it? Right? Is there any other team you would want to lose to? I can't think of one. To be honest with you, yes, and I'll give you the reason because Jack told me this morning. If it was Roy Williams out there, I would say, yes, you're right. 
But Hubie Davis was the only coach in the ACC to not honor Coach K throughout his uh, his tour, his end tour this year. Out of all teams in the ACC, he has a bad rep with a lot of bad blood with a lot of teams. Virginia doesn't really like him. It's part of the rivalry. I don't know about that. I will say, Ray. I mean, the respect there has got to be. I mean, I get Hubie, you're maybe trying to make a statement or something along those lines. You go did. out and beat him. He did. But, and then he doesn't say anything to him after the game. I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, you got to respect your elders, especially Coach K's, maybe one of the, you know, if not the greatest coach of all time in NCAA history. 2008. Yeah, I, I was going to let you know. I just didn't want to interrupt you while you were, um, while you were talking. But also, um, mom, thank you for the text message on, um, Concern or on your concerns. Nothing like some lotion. Yeah, and really need to. I just can't reach my back. That's where it's the worst. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> segue. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think personally, who else do you want? Like you want to go down playing that rivalry game, right? Like that is how it's that's how it's supposed to end, right? I mean, I, I, guess, it. I guess it is maybe, but I think this this run ends is a lot sweeter ending on a national championship. Oh I, well, yeah, of course that's the that's the Cinderella ending, right? But like, would you rather now in in retrospect, right? We're sitting here last week last week saying, would you rather see St. Peter's or UNC? You would have rather saw UNC. I thought that was a no brainer. Everybody wanted to see St. Peter's. But the better game clearly was the UNC game, right? Like I don't know. Like I said, like we said, I mean, St. Peter's got smoked. Yeah, they did, but they also beat Kentucky and Purdue, who were also pro- arguably just as good as teams as Duke. I don't know. I just feel like this is. Uh, I don't know the whole thing. I think this is the right way it was supposed to end. UNC, new coach, new era, new everything. They go out there. Hey, this is the this is why we're the other blue blue blood. That's a hard one to say. Try and say that three times fast. Blue blood, blue blood, blue blood. Oh, I've messed up the blue, third blue, one. Blue blood, blue blood, blue blood. <laughs> um, that's how it ends for me. I'm cool with that. UNC in Kansas. That's one for you. That's a, that's that's a good one. I, I think you, everybody wants to pay attention to Duke this year. UNC. What have they done this year? What they've done this year is. Phenomenal, an eight seed started off the season awful. Like, they were looking like they weren't even going to make the tournament. People this year. questioning like, is Hubie Davis the right guy for the job? Is their recruiting recruiting gone down the pooper? Like, what's going on with UNC as a program? Is did Roy Williams just take all the pride and, and love and just like run away with? Or them? did did guys just not want to go play for not Roy Williams? For right? Hubie. Did to yeah, for Hubie. I mean, this is a new. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know where it's going to go. And now you're sitting in a national championship game, um, which I don't even remember the last time I could tell you that. What was it? Four years ago that North Carolina was in one, uh, something like that. It was Probably the- a couple years ago. I would have to say at least. I, don't, I mean, I remember. Um, I don't. I feel like I remember somebody who was in there. But either anyway, the point. Anyway, you look at it. I don't know four. Why. Okay. Four coaches have made the national championship in their first year as a head coach of a new program. That is a phenomenal stat. That is crazy. Uh, are they all you tell well-known? me four times, four times in history. That's a, that's a lot to me. That's a lot. No, it is. Is Mark Few one of them? I don't know. Oh, you? Oh, I, I just I, I remember the stat. I don't oh. remember the exact coaches. <laughs> but Hubie did something that only three I, other guys. I, I would have thought I, you say only three guys. I would have thought he was the first. You know how hard that is to come in in your first season. 
and make it to the national championship? I'll say this. That's crazy. I'll say this. That's impressive. It It, it is impressive, but you're also UNC. This is what you're expected to do. UNC and Duke are expected to be top 25 teams at the minimum every single year competing for na- national championships. Um, they've been a dominant source of, of basketball in the ACC over the past <laughs> however many years that they've been in the ACC, to be completely honest with you. Um, but let's talk about the matchup. Yeah, let's do it. I really think that um, the biggest thing this is going to come down to is, um, can you pronounce his last name for me on UNC? Armando Bancat. Bancat? I think so. Okay. That's what we'll I go, said. We'll go with that. So that way we're both on the same page, not saying the wrong thing. Um, at least, or if we're both wrong, we're both wrong. I'm going to sit here and say that McCormick is going to be an absolute issue. I think Caleb Love's going to be an issue too. Caleb Love is definitely going to be an he's issue. A, he's a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, but I just see what McCormick has done for this team in the past couple of games. That is a big man. That is a big man down there. He is, he is dominant. He reminds me of like Embiid. To be completely honest with you, he doesn't have obviously the long range game, but inside presence wise, he just reminds, or even, I could even probably go to like a prime Dwight Howard. Like that's what he reminds me of when I watch him play college basketball. Like he is that dominant in the paint that he's getting every board. He's got the, like he's got swagger. He's got passion. He's got confidence. He's got everything to make it. And it makes this, the game so much easier. And that's why we saw, that's what we saw from Kansas is their offensive rebounding was insane. I mean, if they didn't miss all their second chance layups that they had, they probably missed about twenty of those. They might have won this game by forty. I think. I think this game is all about defense. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a huge offensive game. I think you look at you look at UNC especially. They're not a good offensive team. They're a team that they're just making the shots when it matters. That's what it was for me. It wasn't like this is some super crazy. You know, they have all these playmakers and they run this crazy offense and they're going to get open shots. Like, you look at it, what was it, Manic, the 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 ginger guy with the big beard yeah. on UNC? Like, he's he's drilling crazy shots. Caleb Love's making crazy shots. Bancott's all over the offensive boards. Just second chance points at, at, the, waz- at the wazoo. 21 rebounds. I believe seven of them were offensive. Okay, so, yeah, exactly. Like... This team is just, they're, they're just gritty. It's two gritty teams. And I, I, that's, what, that's what it was last year, right? You look at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Baylor won it all. They were the grittiest. Mm-hmm. Davian Mitchell was like, that dude, you, that dude's still in the NBA. Like, the energy he plays with is crazy. But, like, that's what we're seeing in college basketball now two years in a row. It's just gritty teams. Kansas made it through this tournament not because they could shoot the ball well, but because they can absolutely clamp anybody up on defense. That's what it is. And, like, UNC, UNC's on a run. UNC is a good basketball team. Kansas is the better basketball team here. I'm a UNC fan, so I'm not. There's no bias in this in this conversation. But like you look at it, Kansas. This is Kansas's game to lose. They're they're the best defensive team in the nation, and you know all it takes is a couple unlucky UNC like UNC to run out of luck on a couple of these shots, and and Kansas could real. I mean, it could be a, it, they could smother them. At, you know, 15 points. Yeah, no, 100. percent And you look at. Kansas last night. I mean, when they took shots, they were going in, right? Agbaji only had eight shots last night, six of seven from three. He didn't miss his first shot, I believe, till like 13 minutes left in the second half. So, I mean, these guys can shoot the lights out. They shot 53% from the field, 54 from three. So, it's going to be a huge turnaround. And they, like you said, Kansas's defense, 38% from Villanova, 42% from three. 
Um, their defense is absolutely, you know, unbelievable. And um, who is it? Brown from Kansas. The yeah, Christian Brown. He's a big impact guy. Him and um, him and Agbaje, like we said, it's been McCormick the majority of this tournament for Kansas. I really think it's time for those guys to step up because the guard play is going to be the thing that I think wins this game. I think, um, you know, the interior guys for both UNC and Kansas are going to go at it, have their battle. I think it's going to be pretty much even throughout the way. I think both guys are going to get offensive rebounds and do their thing that they just that we just saw them dominate in the Final Four, and it's really going to come down to guard play to me. You know who can who can score more, who can be more consistent, and can Kansas keep up this hot street, hot shooting streak that they've had throughout the the end of this tournament? All right, real quick, just first impressions, and you know, I mean, it's only impressions, I guess. But like, who do you think? I think Kansas. I think it's Kansas' game to lose. If Kansas plays this game like they've been playing the entire tournament, I don't even think UNC really have a shot in this game. All right, so now you say that UNC. Okay, I just feel like. I feel like we jinx everything, so we do. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, we jinx a lot of things. No, you took the Rams in the Super Bowl, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know what I took. I knew I lost my bets. <laughs> I know we both took uh I know we all, we both took St. Peter's against uh yeah. against UNC. Yeah, how'd that one work? <laughs> Kobe was the only one. How'd that one go? So maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really been paying attention to it enough. I always think I'm a jinx. But then the Bengals made a run. I mean, obviously they didn't win, but no one even expected them to beat the barely expected them to beat the Raiders with an offensive line. So, right. Uh, all right, let's do this. Come back, have a nice discussion regarding the best players in baseball. We're leading up to baseball opening days on Thursday. Let's talk best players in baseball, and let's have a nice, calm conversation here. We'll call it a debacle at best. All right. When we come back, baseball talk, best players in the game. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. All right, I'll give it right here. Five dollars to either of you guys, either of you, if you guess the name of that song and the and who's featured in it. Five dollars. Be so cool, yeah. Oh man, I mean, I know the song. Nobody. No. Kobe, yeah, Kobe doesn't even know what what genre this is. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so, I know the song very well. My my parents are probably gonna be upset with me that I don't know this. Song. That is Santana. And that is smooth with Rob Thomas. Yeah, okay. no, I wouldn't have never got that. But this is a, this is definitely a classic. Good song, man. Yeah. All right, welcome back My to any life. given. Okay, all right. <laughs> One more time from the top. Welcome back to any given fun day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team in the Free 104.5 The Team app. I completely didn't hit record on that, so that's cool, but not a big deal. I'll just pull it back later. Um, but we have a nice, uh, a debate, I guess, you a know, discussion. a discussion, yeah, you will. an educated discussion, uh, that could, that could have conflict in it. Um, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. Go. What are we talking about? So, what do we got with baseball less than a week away? Opening day on Thursday, April 7th, the MLB just recently posted 
their top 10 players that they believe in the MLB. What are your guys' top 10? Nice. Let's start at number 10, Joe. Who do you got? Um, Who do you got? Who's the 10th best player in baseball? Trey Turner. All right. Trey Turner for me um, is one of the most valuable. He might even, honestly, he might even, they're projecting him to have the best fantasy year. Uh, for baseball, so that's kind of surprising to me, to be completely honest with you. When you have a guy like Shohei Otani who can pitch and hit, um, but Trey is just a kind of consistent guy that plays every single game. He's one of the best leadoff hitters, if not the best leadoff hitter in the game right now. Number ten, and and this is not bias. Aaron Judge. Okay, he came in at number eleven. You know, it's kind of funny that you say that because I was thinking about putting Devi up there, but I don't think I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could justify it with the with the other. I 10. mean, he's not even in the top twenty. Yes, he is. Where he's fifteen. Where? What are you looking at? Of the ones that I sent you, you only sent me one to ten. Oh, here I'll send you ten. I'll send you eleven to twenty. Okay, here. Send me that, please. Thank you. There you go. That way we can. That way you can look at this one, and you don't get mad at me when I say something like that. Yeah, Debbie's not even in the top twenty in this one. He's better. He's better than Marcus Simeon, and he's better than Nolan Arenado. All right, all right. We're not getting into that right now. Um, I know you have a man crush on him or whatever, but save it for save it for after the show or something. <laughs> Rainy day. Number ten, Aaron Judge in my book. Uh, I think you you. And I say this for the sole reason that if if you have a team that's top five in World Series like odds, right? There has to be a number one guy on that team in the top ten. I think Aaron Judge is the most impactful player on the Yankees. You know. Put one and two together. He's got the whole package. I'll go number ten instead of number eleven. Okay. I don't. I don't hate that. I think you can. I think you can put him in the top ten, and I won't argue it. Yeah. Um, my number nine, Jose Ramirez. I think wow. this guy is an absolutely underrated value player. He's playing for the Guardians this year. Um, if this guy was on a top tier team, I think he. Would, I mean, I think he's up there with you know arguably one of the best third baseman hitting wise in the game. Uh, he can do it from both sides, right or left. He's been absolutely consistent in the past couple of years. Like I said, I think he's just an undervalued guy, and I think that he really does. He is one of the best players in baseball. He's just on a team that you look at and you're like, wow, they don't, they haven't done anything since they, you know, got to the World Series. I like it. I, th- I think he's that good. I think he's good. Um, I'm going to go number nine, Ronald Acuna. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I would have put him higher. If he had, if we had seen him in the playoffs last year, but your impact obviously just goes down, right? And your value of a as a player goes down when your team goes out and wins a World Series without you, right? That's just that's inevitably how it goes. Like they, you know, people realize, oh, I yes, just, yes, he has a great impact and he's a great, he's still a top ten player, but he goes from being like five or six to like ten or eleven because they just they just won a World Series without any Ron Lacuna. I disagree. I don't. Th- I don't think it's stop. I don't think he goes down because of that. I think I mean, his value goes down. In no, because his baseball. Baseball is not a bat. Not it's not basketball. That's like saying that, you know, the Lakers won without LeBron James. What like, do you mean? Like if like if you compare it to that, baseball is not a one guy sport. Like Ronald Acuna, yeah, he could have a great playoffs, but you look at the Braves and the, only reason, the reason they won that is because they came together as a team, right? Not because they didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr. It wasn't because that he wasn't there. It was because that they played above their expectations. And if you put them in any other year they're probably not winning the World Series again. So I don't think that that de- decreases Ronald Acuna because one guy doesn't make an impact as much of an impact as it would in basketball. I put him at number nine. Fair. Um, 
my number eight. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mookie Betts. I'm gonna go Mookie Betts. He is still one of the best defensive fielding outfielders in the game. Uh, he's been kind of letting me down hitting wise, like we talked about earlier this morning. Since he's gone over the Dodgers, he's just not that that dominant hitter that's hitting 350 with 40 bombs and 30 stolen bases. Um, he hasn't had one of those seasons in a little bit. And obviously, you're you got a team right now that you're on that there's a lot of guys you could probably switch in and out of this top ten. Obviously, Freddie Freeman now, but I think that Mookie Betts is still one of the most important players on the team. I think he's one of the most clutch players on the team. I think he's one of the most he, – he's a guy that can really just take over a game somehow. And like like I just said, how one guy doesn't, Mookie Betts is able to do that sometimes in games. And I feel like the plays that he makes, if it comes down to him, uh, nine, nine times out of ten, he's going to make that play, if not ten times out of ten. I'll agree with that. Mookie Betts, number eight. I like that. Um, number seven – Number seven, I'm going to go... Number seven, I'm going to go Bryce. I know this is kind of controversial, but I'm going to go seven with Bryce. I know he just won an MVP, um, but I'm looking at... I know we're talking about best players right now, but I'm also thinking about long-term here. Um, I was between one of two guys, and he'll be my number... um, My what? My number six. Um, But Bryce Harper, MVP from last year, undoubtedly a top-ten player in the game, finally came out of his shell. You know, everyone was like, oh, he went to the Phillies. Everything was going to fall off the table for him. He showed out last year and had a really great season. But I just think, like I said, he's starting to get older. I, I think his value going forward is he's got a couple seasons left in him. I'm going to go seven to DeGromnator. Okay. Jacob DeGrom, number seven. And I think, obviously, you take into accountability his... I'm ta- I'm taking this into accountability without injuries, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. if you if, if you told me right now that, that DeGrom's a top 10 player, you know, I, I wouldn't even say he's in top ten if we if we counted like injuries. no because if so, we counted injuries yeah. no but yeah. you know dominant fashion he's Skill. still argue, he's still arguably the best yes. pitcher starting yes. pitcher in the game yes. six um, six I am gonna go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. okay and this is just because like I said he his value that he brings ten to twelve to fifteen years of you know consistency and I think the first five to seven will be dominant you know I think he's gonna be up there fighting with Shohei depending on if he can continue his streak and stay healthy as well, obviously, you know, you hope the best for all these guys staying healthy wise. But um, obviously that's not the case, especially when you guy you have a guy who's all who's pitching, running and hitting at a hundred percent, you know, the, the likelihood of that is obviously scarier, but um, assuming that Vlad as well, he, he wasn't even talked about last year. He was an undervalued uh, guy. Uh, you know, a lot of people, he came in the league. A lot of people were overlooking him. He didn't have a great first season. He came out, played out of his mind last year. And I think he's going to be, Competing for MVPs for seasons to come. I'm going to go six. I'm going to go Bryce Harper. I think he's the sixth best player in baseball. Okay. So I think uh, I clearly you can know where we're going with our top five. So do you? I do. Yeah. I know where I'm going. Okay. No, I know. I know five. Five for me is to grow. Yeah. I, th- I think. I think a top the best pitcher in the league is has a top to be my five top player. Five. Is a top five player. Fair enough. I think he has that that much of an impact. He's pitching one every five days, but I'm going to put him in my top five just because for that reason. You got it. Uh, five. I'm going to go Vlad. Go okay. Vlad. I wasn't sure. I was like, I was getting worried, Joey. Oh no. I was getting worried over there. I thought I wasn't sure if you were going to put him in or not. No, I'm going to go five. Is Vlad okay? Who's four? Um, four for me. This might be surprising to a lot of people because I know he is a showman. Um, it's Fernando. For me, it's Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that he's obviously he's proven himself as a hitter. Um, something he needs to prove to me. 
is is a fielding aspect of I mean, the baseball. Still, still a top four player. I mean, you, don't, you, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think these top four, can, you could argue probably any which way. I think I think our top four are probably going to be the same um, because you haven't said any of the top four that MLB listed as well. So Yeah, I think it's just a matter of what order. Yeah, I think, like I said, Tatis just fielding the ball-wise, he doesn't make up for enough because he strikes out a little bit more than the other guys, too. I think that that's probably the reason that I go with number, him and number I agree. Four. Tatis at number four. Mm-hmm. Number three, I'll go with this one, Juan Soto. Yeah? No, not for me. Ronald Acuna. Who? Mike Trout. Wow, that's crazy. All mm-hmm. right. And I'm going to say Mike Trout at number three. Because, like I said, the longevity thing plays a factor in for me. But if we're just talking about right now, right, right, like this season, twenty going into twenty twenty two, I'll still season. put him at three with my other two that I have a two and one. All right, yeah, but I'm saying that that also is in my in the back of my mind is what I'm saying because we haven't like obviously Mike Trout injured last year and then the year before, um, shortened season, so it's kind of like you know we've had I think those were his two years that he would have probably won MVP back to back if he was healthy both years. I think those are the two years of his prime. I'm not saying he's on the decline. I'm no putting way. It number three in my yeah, list, people, yeah. so don't freak out on me. But to me, wow, you're disrespectful. He's just not. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just not. Um, I don't think he's the number one player in the game right now, in my opinion. Number two. Go for it. Wait, who's your three? Was it my? Oh, my three was Juan Soto. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. Um, Juan Soto, just because he's young. You 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 swayed me on Soto a lot. I think he's I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's one of the best. Yeah. Um, two. Number two. We don't got all day here. I know. I'm sorry. Number Raymond. two. Um, I'm gonna go with number two. I'm gonna go with Shohei. Okay. So who's your number one? Juan Soto. Juan Soto is the best player in baseball. Yes. Word. On the worst, one of the in one of the worst situation. Okay. Um, I think he's the most impactful player. He's just an absolute stud all around, in my opinion. I know that might come as a hot take to to a lot of people, but I really think that this guy for the next five to ten years is going to be a dominant player, competing for MVPs. Um, I just think that he needs to go to a, a better situation. Obviously, kind of got that World Series ring in in just the nick of time. Right, um, was very young, performed very well. We've seen what he can do in the playoffs. I just think that. Obviously, baseball skill wise, I'll say um, most important. Obviously, Otani is the most important player in baseball. But for me, Juan Soto, man, is something different. He's not, you know, he's not the greatest fielder, but he is a hitter that we have seen like no other in a very long period of time. I'm going to go number two, Mike Trout, and number one, the best overall baseball player in my eyes, right? Otani. You look at pure, like when I think of baseball player, I think of just like who can do the most. And impact the most and be the best like overall player. Yeah, this guy pitch. He's a. T- we said it this morning before we even got on the radio. We were talking on the phone. Right, top twenty, top twenty pitcher, top ten hitter. Right, I'd say top five hitter, top five hitter. I top mean, twelve. Pitcher. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, stir, yeah. the, stir the pot. No, but you, yeah, but, but you said it. Top twelve <laughs> pitcher, top five hitter. Yeah, I mean, ar- like arguably you best, know what I mean? best baseball player that we have with the season he had last year. I mean, you know, he's a reigning MVP. He dude, dude had out a of three, his skull. Dude had a three something ERA and hit forty home runs. <laughs> it's unheard of. He's you know Babe Ruth. I mean? He's the second coming of Babe Ruth. It, and you know what the funny thing is too is he can play the field. Like he's not horrible in the field. Like he can no, go he can out in right field. He's got a. He's got still got a cannon. He's throwing one hundred two at the mound. What do you think he's doing in right field? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like it just doesn't transfer over. 
All right. That was fun. Go wrap yeah. I mean there's not there's nothing really to wrap any, up. Any here. um any, any thoughts, debates Kobe? or Kobe, like, you want to put Peter Lonzo at ten? Oh boy. <laughs> um not yet. Not yet. But um you guys have some good similarities. Got some good um explanations behind him. Yeah, I think I think the back like the, the seven through ten, you could probably argue like honestly, like eight players, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think it yeah. Okay. I think um, one of the biggest things to take away from that is the Angels have two of the top three players in the MLB, and they are still kind of irrelevant. Just not even. They're I bad. Mean, they'll they'll they're probably bad. be like a 500 team. They're this year. bad. And what, let's let's think about this though. Anthony could, Rendon is on the team. <laughs> is, former uh, former World Series champion is uh, what's his name still there? Um, Justin Upton. No, Simmons, Simmons is on the Twins, I think, isn't he? Andrelton Simmons. Justin Upton, he says. Justin. I think he's actually still there. That's he the got, funny he, thing. He got designated to assignment oh. for $28 million this year. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. That's exact. If you but, had to, if you had to sum up the Angels in, in one sentence, it would be Justin Upton designated to assignment. I feel like the Angels. Still earns $28.5 million this year. I, and the Angels, like, team never makes sense to me. Um, they got, got like, like we said. Jerry Walsh. They, he's good, though. Like yeah. I think he's pretty good. I know he is. Um, but no, I'm saying more of like the pitching aspect. Like you have, you have Otani, right? And then you bring in a guy like Syndergaard, and then you look at the rest of the rotation, and it's not even the rotation, but and then you have Iglesias in the pen. He doesn't have any help. Like you have Jose Quintana in your bullpen, and it's like I'm I don't gonna know. Throw up. They're te- yeah. Like you look at the every single thing. Like they have okay, best top like top two hitters in the league. One of the best pitchers in the league, Syndergaard can still be a, is a good considered arm when healthy, and then you have one of the better relievers in the game, Rafael Iglesias, over the past couple of years. Yeah, and it's like this team doesn't even make the playoffs. Like this team doesn't even go five hundred. Nope, it doesn't make any sense. Hopefully, hopefully this is the year, man. Because like I said, I, I want to see Mike. I want to see Mike Trout in uh, in playoff form. All right, boys, let's go to break. When we come back, let's discuss some local sports news. Got yeah, some yeah. Firewolves, some UAlbany, Sienna. Patroons. Patroons. We got it all here. It's any given fun day. Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. And if you're not listening on the radio, I'm sure you're listening on the free 104.5 The Team app. Did I mention the free app? I think you did. Okay. It's always good to mention. Just wondering. Just ask for a friend. I think it's crazy to me that the last time I looked up at the TV, I was literally looking at the exact same highlight. Um that from my friend an, from an hour ago. That my friend. Isn't that weird? That like this. Center. This looks like deja vu to me. This is March. I know. Um, this is March. But literally, I was literally watching the Warriors going a twelve zero run at the same exact time. A lot of a lot of local sports here. A lot of actions. A lot of good. Where you want to start? Bit. You want to start bad, go good. Or you want to start good, go bad. Bad, go good. Bad, go good. All right. Start off in, with you, Albany men's basketball. So, 
U Albany men's basketball coach, Dwayne Killings. Good dude. Yep. Right. No questioning that. Good guy. However, every, everybody gets in, you know, things happen, right? People make mistakes. People make mistakes, and that's and that's just the way of the world. So, you know, one of the things that came up this week and, and in the last couple of weeks was Dwayne Killings, and, you know, he just had, he had, there was a problem earlier in the season. There's some, there's some, uh, I think they called it, I have inappropriate physical contact with a player, right? Uh, I don't. I. It, it sounds to me, right? I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speculate on something I don't know. But it sounds to me like there may have been a small altercation, mm-hmm. right? That's is that is that what you think? But yeah. Well, from what I've gotten out of what I've read is that he, like, either punched or like hit a player. Yes. And okay. So that's that's where we're going with that. So. However, you know, DK, the rest of the season. There was no pro- they, at least from what we saw, there was no problems. They played well. They figured it out because that that altercation was right at the beginning of the season, November twenty fourth, I think they said. Mm-hmm. So it was like Happy Thanksgiving, you know, a we'll slap on the neck. See you after Thanksgiving. Yeah, maybe they were playing a game in the locker room and it just got out of hand or something like that. You whatever, know what I mean? whatever. So you know that's that, and it's it's done. It's over with. He's gonna he's gonna pay tw- his fine of twenty five thousand dollars. And he's going to uh, serve a five-game suspension. Then he's going to stay the coach at Albany, and we're going to move on, and it's all going to be good. I believe it's uh, – oh, no. Okay, yeah, it is five. Five-game yeah, suspension. Yeah, I, I, I saw seven in there somewhere, but oh. it is five. Yeah, yeah. five-game suspension, plus, you know, he's going to pay his money, and we're going to move on from this, and DK is going to be a part of this radio show at some point, right? And that's just how it's going to go. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest good. thing is, like I said, Albany still ha- is leaving him as the coach. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing here is, you know, we saw what he was able to do as a coach last year what he was able to bring the team back from. Um, and I think that they know the potential that he has and he, and he made a dumb mistake. And this is kind of, I think already strike one slash two out of three. So I think that's what it's going to be going forward. hundred percent. So that's, the, that's the end of that. That's how it goes, whatever, you know, now we move on and, and so be it. Um, so that is the news for you, Albany. And now we'll move on to some good, right? So, I th- you know, it was just growing pains with you all. I mean, that's what we'll say, right? Growing pains. They figured it out. It's over. It's done with. Move on. Yep. There's a lot of good, right? He stays the coach. That's the first thing. How about some love to Sienna Lacrosse, right? This is in, in the way that we do local sports here, right? Because, you know, there's not as many people that are familiar with what's going on around here. We just kind of feed you guys the information, right? right? There's not there's not a lot of conversation to be had about you know the season of Seattle lacrosse from us right just being just being plain and 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 straight up right okay we get the stat well, no but that's what that's how we are <laughs> oh yeah yeah but, you yeah. know it's not like we're going to see Seattle you know we just that's no, how yeah. we, it's it, it's just how it is Seattle lacrosse I found a good stat they allowed the least amount of goals. In a game since two thousand nine. Okay, see that's that that's was the only awesome, reason. Though. That was the only reason I said okay. I was waiting for the punchline of this whole thing, and then you kind of like just dragged it out. No, not dragged it out. I wouldn't say that. I don't want you know. I don't want to be mean to you. All right, man. You're you're a good guy over there. Thanks. Um, but like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Right? No, I just didn't Monmouth. know what where you were going with it. So that's why I was kind of like, all right. And? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Monmouth, reigning MAC champion. Oh wow. Yeah. They go out there least amount of, ten to one, I think it would. I don't 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 yeah, quote me ten on to one. ten to one, right? Mm-hmm. So that's impressive, right? That's that's cool, and we'll see where it leads them. But Sienna Lacrosse on the on the uptick, looking good, right? 
How about the Albany Firewolves? They're playing in, I think they played in Vancouver last night. Does that sound right? Uh, let me look real quick. Vancouver sounds about right to me. But you, yes, you, you know, yes, sometimes you are correct. Wow, Vancouver. I'm hot right now. Vancouver baby. Warriors. Joey Haas, the ultimate capital, capital region, region guy. guy. Capital region sports guy. Cap guy. Cap, Capcom. Capcom. <laughs> um, they they win their game last night. Firewolves win, keep their playoff hopes alive. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right, that's good stuff. Yeah, let's be, go. They beat a, they be a struggle. They beat a struggling team. They finally got their feet back underneath them. They win eleven seven. Uh, Rogers Arena. Um, Rogers helped pull away, or they they had a couple. Uh, what was it? Quarter half. They had, they had a couple, or they had a six goal run through the second quarter and half of the third, and it put them over the top, and they never really looked back from there. Is what I'm getting from it. Yeah. So we have good news from Sienna, good news from you, Albany, good good news from the Firewolves. Yeah, and the last time we talked about the, the last time we talked about the Firewolves, they had a really hot start. They came out and then they got flat. So I think that was a ba- this was another bounce back game. Like you said, there's still opportunity for us to maybe have a playoff game here, and, and hopefully that if they get there, let's try and so, show some, some support to these guys. I yeah. mean, they've been uh, they've been playing well all year. You know, their first inaugural season in the league. Obviously, seven nine isn't what you want to see. You want to see maybe some more wins, but nine and seven. Could have been better. No, that's what I'm oh, saying. That's yeah, what I would have wanted like, to see. Yeah. Right? Nine and seven. Nine. Yeah. We're not asking for 15 and all. No. 16 and all, you know? Do your math. I saw that. I saw that. 16. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, real quick, before we go to break here, we got like two minutes. All right? The good, the bad, the ugly is what we'll say with the Patroons. The good, they're winners. It'd be the uh, last undefeated team in the league. Absolutely. The bad, well, you know. I don't know. I don't know really what the bad is here. <laughs> the ugly. Know. What's the ugly? They had a leaky roof. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the worst thing you can say about the team, I think you're on the uptrend. You know what I mean? Also, fun fact to point out. Um, what do you got? This is this is only really for me and you and people who know me and obviously Nick Donato. <laughs> yeah. Nick Donato is a is a ref in the national <laughs> in the basketball league, and has a chance to come to Albany and ref a game. For the Albany Patroons, and he's trying to pull it off um, and and get a game up here in Donato's Albany. Donato's a ref I, for the basketball league? Yes. That's awesome, yep. bro. That's Isn't that good. crazy? That's good. Him and Smush Parker, both refs <laughs> for the Albany for the basketball league. Just a fun Capital Region fact for you of the day. Nick Donato, former former Capital Regioner. Yeah. For, I, it's what I've heard from Mike Neat. So. Name a better duo than Smush and Donato. Could you right. imagine that? Not Joey Haas and Ray Osterhout. No, that- not Shaq. Not Shaq and, and Kobe. Not Wade and LeBron. Smush and Donato. <laughs> I'll take that any day of the week, especially if they got this. Imagine if they got the same game. That would be absolutely wild. God, imagine the paparazzi at that. <laughs> the hysteria in the building, right? Uh, you can't. You can't make it up. <laughs> I just thought that was. I thought that was hilarious that he told. Because I was like, he sent me. He sent me a thing saying like, oh. Dude, look who look who owns this team, and it was Kendrick Perkins, and I was like, "What league are you refing?" I was like, "What division is this for basketball?" And uh, he's like, "He's like, no, it's the basketball league." And then he goes, "It's the same one as the Patroons." I go, "Are you kidding me?" I go, "You're refing that?" The things you learn, yeah. Who knows? You can be you, an the, NBA ref someday, the man. New things you learn. He's every going day. up the ladder, and he's only twenty five. Who knows? Wow, look at him go. If, you know what I mean? I what mean, if guy. you think of it like what that, guy. what a guy. What obviously, a guy. the basketball league isn't crazy, but. It's the bottom below the NBA, so let's take a break. When we come back, you know, some miscellaneous stuff. Uh, there's a certain player that may play in the Masters. 
There is uh, some more to be talked about in football, right? There's some guys we haven't really touched on football. No, there's been a, like like we said, there's been a lot this week. So a little bit of NFL talk, and then we'll close the show out with maybe a a, a hint and a preview into uh, what 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 a, a normal 11:45 segment would look like on AGF in, in coming weeks. Uh, talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, New York Yankees. So let's do that. Go to break, come back, tie up some loose ends, and then Yankees. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard a more true statement in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're still children at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's any given fun day. It's Joey House, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Breakner here with you on 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio. And of course, if you don't, if you're not on the radio, there's only other one, there's one other place you could be right now. And that's, of course, on the free. May I say free? If you're not listening, if you didn't hear that, free 104.5 The Team app. What a, what an app. Name a better comment than Joey Haas saying um, on the free 104.5 Team app. You can hear it whenever you want. I, can, I know. Just tell me when you want me to say it, and I will say it. I mean, to be honest with you, I might you want to hear put it one on, more time? No, I just want to. I want you to put it on repeat so I can fall asleep to it. To be completely honest with you, you want it on just a t-shirt? soothing thing. You know what I mean? It's so, one of these. So light. Yeah. <laughs> One of these, <laughs> yeah, you, you should listen to the free to the free one and four five to team app. <laughs> yeah, we have some. Uh, you know, some people will call them dumb. I call them innovative. We're ideas. gonna look back. On, I think. I, I think uh, at this point, right at this point in my life, <laughs> I think it wouldn't be a far stretch that if on my my gravestone, right, is that what they call them? <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. Just, it said it was like it said my name, Joey Haas, and then just in parentheses it said in the free one oh four five the team app. What would mine say? I don't even know. I you know you know what yours would say? And now I'm, it would say, say I'm officially living under a rock. No, just go back Raymond, to the it would say Raymond Osterhout and then it would have a list of like four of the most random sports guys you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> I actually that, that. Ray Ostrout, a.k.a. Champ, uh, a.k.a. Pudge. Pudge. And then, like, just two of the most random guys you could think of. Um, Raymond Felton. Andres Beadrince. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Emeka Okafor. <laughs> hey, seriously. Enough of that, all right? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I was following suit, brother. What if I told you, in an alternate universe... That Tiger Woods may come back and play in the Masters again. Now, for anybody who doesn't know the last couple years of Tiger Woods, I mean, this guy has has landed planes on highways. He's flipped cars. He has done it all. He's won the Masters somehow. Oh, I was about to say, is it happening again? 
I thought it was. I thought I couldn't see very clearly. I thought Tiger was on the screen again when you were talking about it. That would have been oh, weird. He, he just was. Oh, yep. Was he? Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> but this guy has been through hell and back. Yeah, ample yeah. times, ample times. Enough to enough for the three of us plus plus our wives. You know, and this guy is just still. He's like, you know what? Coming out to play in the Masters again. You know what, Ray? He's probably going to go out and play well. Because that's just he, what Tiger Woods he knows does. This, yeah, he knows this place like the back of his hand. I mean, this guy has proven time and time again, it doesn't matter what age he is, he's going to go out, he's going to get healthy, he's going to take the entire year, not play a single PGA event, care about the FedEx Cup, he's got the money for that. He just wants to come to Augusta and just shove it to everybody else. That's what, <laughs> that's what his plan is throughout the year. He is probably sitting in his house, right, just, just looking at the greens. I'm going to get a tattoo on my right butt cheek, and it's going to say death, taxes, Tiger Woods at Augusta. Right? Yeah. I like that. It's <laughs> really mean, what it is. I mean, I, w- I don't know if you got to do it on your butt. Yeah. But, hey, I guess that's I pers- don't personal. I that. It's just for me. I mean. It's to know. To, I mean. All right. Fair. If that's what you want to do. But that, go, is that not the, the truth? You know you could do? What? You do it on the... Under your foot, like on the bottom of your foot. What about my lip? I don't know. That's gonna be a long tattoo on the bottom of your lip. There's a lot of lip, so <laughs> especially that that uh, that smelly upper lip. Oh yeah, that thing stinks. Um, but no, it, it, it just it is mind boggling to me that this guy is even pondering coming back again. Well, you think about it. I mean, for like the 88th time, dude. You, we see guys all the time play. Golf until I mean, like, is VJ Singh still playing? I feel like right, that guy's been around. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. What? Tiger Woods was literally in an airplane crash like last week. Like he literally had a like a like an, a landing on a highway last week. Right. Yeah, was it, he, it, that that's like eighty five percent. That's like eighty five percent sure. Like this dude was on a plane that they think was like landing on a highway. Like even the fact that his name was in the conversation for that. Yeah. And now he's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 just gearing some, up for maybe another Masters run. Like I said, it's something that I just don't think he's ever going to want to miss, especially until he physically can't go out there and play. I, I mean, don't no, think he can. I don't think he can. This guy is just it. It is, he is a he is a different beast. Yeah, right. He lo- he loves the game of golf, and he's going to do it. And not only is he going to go out there and compete, but he's going to make it a priority. It's going to be number one on his priority list to find Phil Mickelson and make sure he beats him. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like he's like, yeah. like I said, if, if Phil's still playing, Tiger's all right. Tiger's got eighteen kids. I'm trying to think of the older ones, you know, whatever. And this dude is literally going to go out, and he's just going to mag. He's going to find Phil, and he's going to be like, wherever Phil is, I'm going to beat him. And you know what? I hope I pair with him on Sunday. I do. That's what. That's what he's going to say too. The best part about, or the, I think, the craziest part is we still haven't. Um, in my opinion, we haven't moved on to that next Tiger, like not not even Tiger Woods, right? But like that next best golfer. I feel like like recently it's been kind of all over the place. There's been a lot of good well, players. We got a Walmart version of Tiger Woods, oh. Jordan Spieth, right? Yeah, he but it was it. a short period of time, and that's what I mean. Is we he haven't was really to be that guy. He was, and that's what I, that that was more of my point. Is you know we haven't really seen. How about Ricky Fowler? He was pretty good. <sighs> what happened to him? Is he still wearing a orange Puma? lime lime green Puma? I only know two athletes that are covered by Puma. Ricky, Ricky Fowler, Fowler and LaMelo Ball. Is LaMelo sponsored by Puma? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yep. Good for him. Yeah. I don't know. I just probably, he probably, I mean, think about, think about 
I'll say this quick and we'll get back to what we were talking about. But think about the Ball family. They're, they're different, you know. They like to do. They like well, to go they the had other their routes. own brand. Yeah, but whatever. Um, bigger than Puma. Let's, other news: yeah. the Padres acquire another guy that the Yankees wanted, Sean Manaya. Yep. So I mean, I, yeah, I mean the the A's are just the hot place to get a trade right now. I mean, I I can't believe they're still giving they're still giving people away at this point. What is their cap space going to be? They may have 175 million at the in free agency next year. Yeah, they might be able to build a super team. Maybe. Well, maybe they're saving up. Maybe they're getting rid of everyone because they're saving up for that new stadium. Maybe. They probably don't have any money. In Very true. That could also be a, so, th- that's mean, a real thing. Which also looks pretty dope. That new stadium looks pretty cool. Oh, sure it does. If it ever happens. So, you know, I, I want to I see it happen. Yeah, that's true. They might have the worst stadium in baseball. Um, Probably up there. Probably up there. I'm trying to think. I can't really think of any other, like, old ones. That like aren't nostalgic. Yep, I, I really don't know. Can you think of any other stadiums that aren't great off the top of your head? I feel like Seattle's pretty good. Minnesota's new. Kansas City's got the waterfalls. Yeah, the Reds. How about some quick? Just to wrap this segment up, we're just. I mean, like like I said, this is just supposed to be a miscellaneous. miscellaneous. Yeah. NBA playoff scenarios today, for today. Hawks locked in playing game with Raptors win. So if the Raptors win today, Hawks are in the play in. Pelicans are locked into the playing game with a win and a Lakers loss. 76ers clinch a playoff spot with a win. And the Kings are eliminated, which I thought, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought the Kings were eliminated in, like, November. <laughs> Kings oh, yeah, are eliminated before, with a loss and a Spurs win. Before before the season even started, the Kings were eliminated, I think. Um, What was I going to ask you? So, so, wait, does that mean that if the Lakers lose, are they out? Lakers are you just said something no, about the they're, they're bridge teams right now. I think like they're 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 a loss or two away from being out. And quite frankly, Ray, I don't think they're gonna make it. They're out technically right now, actually. Oh yeah, they are. They're a game behind the Spurs. Right? Yeah. I looked at both of their schedules though, going through the rest of the season. And Spurs have a tough schedule. So do the Lakers. Yeah. Uh so it's gonna be interesting. I think the, the Lakers have the Nuggets, the Suns, the Warriors, easiest one against the Thunder. And the Nuggets. So, I mean, you look at that, and then you also look at the Spurs are Trailblazers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Warriors, Mavs. So, I mean, both these teams definitely don't have the easiest of schedules. I don't even really know who I'd give the edge to because we don't know, like we said, um, what the health of of LeBron and everything like that with what's going on. So, he said he's probably going to be coming back. We just have to actually see it happen and see if the like, it really makes a difference. I'll leave this one. I'll leave you one more fact here before we go to break. And this is for all those uh, NBA fans, NBA betters. The Chicago Bulls are 2-19 and 19 versus the top eight teams in the league. So anybody who thinks that the Chicago Bulls are going to do anything in the playoffs, you are going to be rudely awakened in their first round matchup. Yeah, because they haven't shown anything against the top teams. And who would they even play if? Right, if two and nineteen. Today, if it ended today, they'd be playing probably, arguably, the hottest team in the league to start it. They'd be playing the Celtics, maybe the best team, second probably best team. Second be- sorry, I'm sorry, second best team. Yeah, so you could probably Phoenix, right. Phoenix best team. You know what I mean? So that's have, scary. Yeah, the hottest team in the league is who is where you start. You have this this great season, but it's really kind of just been Demar Derozan, and then everybody else has been kind of falling off a little bit when 
when it comes to big games. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is the, the rest of this team, Levine, uh, Vucevic, you know, you have guys that are all-stars. Okay. That's exactly what I think of that team. Okay. Bad team. Fair. Bad. I don't think they're bad. I just don't think that they've played to their potential. I think Zach Levine's a good point guard. I don't think he's a great player. But, Shooting guard. Or, yeah, I mean. Guard. Yeah. Guard. At this point, what it even is a, like, there's no true point guards in the end. It's literally Chris Paul and everybody else. Maybe Drew Holiday. I think you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> Can't think of it. Like, Luka runs point. LeBron brings the ball up. It's like, there's no really such thing as a point guard anymore. I feel like. Giannis brings Giannis the ball bring, up. Like, the, uh, KD. Or Kyrie. I mean, obviously Kyrie is probably a one-two, but one-two, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Right. There's no posi- there's no there's no set positions anymore. It should just say point guard slash shooting guard slash small forward slash power forward slash center for everybody. Slash LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. Slash Giannis. All right, let's do this. Come to we'll, we'll hit our last break here. Come back, Yankees. A lot of stuff, and we'll give you a, you know a little preview of what's to come. Uh, as far as the Yankees, as far as the show, as far as the 1145-ish segment. It's any given fun day. Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. See you later, Coach K. <laughs> Have a good one. I didn't even know you were a UNC fan. Yeah. Since when? Yesterday? No, you could actually go back on my Twitter. I'm just kidding. How about that one? Twitter shows your true fandom. It really does. Sure does. Back when I was rooting for Tim Tebow and the Broncos. There you go. Because everyone thinks that I just joined when Peyton Manning came. There you go. See? That's your way. That's your way of defending yourself. Jake the Snake Plumber. Welcome back to one more segment here on a Sunday of any given fun day. I'm 104.5 The Team, and I'm not even going to say it. You know exactly where you're listening if you're not on the radio. And it's free, by the way, if you weren't, if you already didn't know that. Free, right. free, free. Sorry. Deep, <laughs> deep in thought. <clears throat> so this is, this, is, this is how it's going to go. All right, so oh, man. here, let me, get a, let me set the tone. Let me set the tone here, all right? I'm going to set the Start tone for you. spreading the news. So this is basically how, this is this is the last segment here of any given fun day. Oh, and this will be wait. how it is, right? So basically what we're going to do Start is we have, sing it, Frank. So basically what it is, is we have the pleasure of bringing you in to New York Yankees baseball. If you live under a rock, right? You would you would know you wouldn't know that the Yankees usually play Sunday at one o'clock. All right. So right after us would be the legendary tandem of John and Susan, right? John and Susan, you know, and it would be Yankee pregame. So that's the plan. That's how it's supposed to go in a perfect world. So what we're going to be doing here in this last segment is going to be you know getting you ready for Yankees baseball. Because we are the home. Fantastic. 
We're the home for New York Yankees baseball here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. Can't wait. All right. I'm sure you can't wait, all right? But there is some Yankee news here as well. And here's where we're going to go with this, right? You, you said it yourself, right? Kyle Higashioka, the home run stroker. <laughs> right? Batting 470-something. What's Donaldson's? Huh? What's Donaldson's? I don't know yet. Oh, no. He's, I, I said I was going to find this yesterday on Twitter. I, gotta find I don't it. even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. It's going to be bad. But Kyle Higashioka batting 470. Yankees go out and trade for, uh, for another catcher. Jose Trevino. What can you tell me about him, Ray? You know anything about him? Not really, to be honest. With me you. either. So, I mean, I, you I think... Th- you would think that this would be Higashioka's time to shine, right? Guys, yeah. ha- The guy leads the spring training in, in home runs, and then they're just going to go out and, and trade something. That is the most Yankees move. <laughs> Instead of trying to go out and get Shamanaya, bring some more depth, because let's be honest, Joey, your guys who you want to look good in the preseason so far... Haven't looked great for your starting rotation. I mean, Sevy pitched okay. Sevy pitched well yesterday. Yeah, but he, I mean, he still had some up and down so far. Cole hasn't looked great. I mean, your best pitcher has been Luis Gill, I would say, in the first, uh, like, uh, so far this Don't this, you dare insult it. Heel. Heel. I'm sorry. Luis Heel. I'm sorry. All right. Jose Trevino. I don't know what LB. you guys say over there in Boston, but over <laughs> here it's Heel. Yeah. All right. Um, Pal. Jose Trevino has been in the league for four, four years now. The backup for Texas, sweet career. Uh, is it a hot take, it? Ray? To, to just call to start calling the Yankees the New York Rangers, right? We don't even need a real New York Rangers because we had the New York Rangers That's... right here. <laughs> we have Ekf and we have freaking Trevino. Yeah, he's a two forty five career hitter with nine homers, and uh, that's about it. Sweet. So, I mean, there's a reason that I don't know much about him. You don't know much about him. It's because he's been pretty much a backup since he's came in the league. Nice. For the, for the, uh, so, for the so basically so. what you're telling me. I think it's just a more of the fact of they're trying to have someone there to give Higashioka a break because, like you said. the in competition. Right. Competition as well, but not even that. I mean, they the person they traded for before was injured, and we don't know where they're going to go with that and what his uh, timetable is as well. So they want to just be prepared, I think, as much as they possibly great. can. Great. Great. So that's great. So what you're telling me, Ray, is uh, Gary Sanchez is probably better than – then if or, or Gary Sanchez is better than Trevino and uh, the home run stroker. I basically. To... So basically the Yankees downgraded a catcher and we already had an, uh, an abysmal catcher. Hold on. Sweet. That's pretty cool. What do you got for me? What are you pulling up is the, the, the call? What'd they call yeah. him? What'd they call him? Don't, don't, don't. You can turn it up. Oh. Deep left field. No, this isn't. Oh, come on. Come on. Um, talk Yankees with me for like two minutes, right? Come on. All right, I'm sorry, dude. I was trying to find that. What, what, what was it? Do you know what it was? No. What I, they called them? No, I was trying to find it. You oh, you, talk, you, you didn't even know? No. Oh, oh see, I, I saw thought you it. knew you were just trying to get the actual call. No, I, 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 I heard it. Like, I heard it, but I can't remember it is what I'm saying. All right. Fair enough. So that's why I was trying to find it. But I'll do it after the show. Right. It, it was bad. Like you said, it was bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. Uh, oh, I think it was Josh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds like, about, that's, like that's that. probably, yep, that's that's as cringy as it gets Honestly, right there from just came to me. So, uh, that's about it. That's about, that's as good as it's going to get from John. Yeah, um, but what do you expect? I mean, obviously, we, we're less than a week away from, you know, opening day here. Going up against the Sox at home. Sox. So. Garrett Cole, Chris Sale? 
scare cold Crisell. You think? Crisell, you think he's on the bump? Um, if it's not, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a Valdi game one. No, I wouldn't be either. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Nick Pavetta out there. Oh no, not Nick Nicky Pavetta. P. Yep, not Nicky P. The old Nicky P play. All right, right. Because we're not going to be able to guess the record of the Yankees before the season. You know, this is it. This is it for us, right? Yeah. As far as our ESPN radio prediction. What's your what's take record your, wise? Take your bias out. Oh, I can't do that. Take your bias out. Then if I say good, they're they're going to be good, and if I say they're bad, they're going to be bad. Whatever it's going to. Raymond, know? I want you to give me a truthful prediction. Okay. Of the New York Yankees. Well, let's leave think. the fans with some hope, no. right? Come on. You want me to be truthful? Or you want me to leave the fans with hope? I can't do both. I want you to be truthful. Okay. Think about it logically, right? We've talked about this before. The Yankees are right now with the current roster, they're the third best team in the division, right? So I I will say I think they're going to teeter right around even. To be completely honest with you, I think they'll be like around eighty one and eighty one. Um, I don't think that they're a team that's going to dominate this year as of right now. I don't think they're a team that I think they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Um, Donaldson has looked good this preseason. Like we said, Agashioka's looked good this season. Uh, this preseason, judges look good. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still hope for this Yankees team. There's still hope for this Yankees roster. I just think that it comes down to the bullpen. It comes down to bullpen and pitching. How how healthy can they stay? How healthy can this team stay? Um, because that's been the question mark and the the productivity, right? Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, you have a lot of guys, Aaron Hicks, that really are, I think, in their year of, look, this is make or break for you guys. DJ played really well in his first year, um, so I think less for him, more for Glaber and Aaron Hicks. You keep bringing these guys back, and you expect a lot from them, and you expect them to perform. You get rid of Gio, you get rid of Gary Sanchez, and you're kind of sitting there like, okay, well, now we definitely need these guys and Aaron Hicks and and Glaber to step up, especially bringing back Rizzo, missing out on free agents. Um, so yeah, I just think I, I I don't see them being a team that that runs through the Blue Jays with with their pitching rotation and arguably one of the best infields in baseball. Same thing with the Red Sox, arguably one of the best infields in baseball uh, with their with their off season. And um, you know, I think their pitching staff can hang with, which is what we saw last year. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm gonna make this short. I'm gonna make this sweet. We're out of here. 95 and 67, the New York Yankees. That's it. Let's go, Yankees.